and thanks for joining us on HearthCast, episode number 257 for Patch 6.0. Our topic for this episode is going to swing both ways. And now, from the excellence in podcast studios, it's time for another episode of HearthCast. This is Freckleface, and I play a goblin hunter. And this is Root, I play a goblin warlock. We are a podcast covering the World of Warcraft universe. Coming up in episode number 257 of HearthCast, we may be in trouble with the Department of Transportation. Dead Guy stops by to talk about Blizzard shifting strategies, and I give an impersonation of a troll. I hope it's a good one. Oh, it's good, Freck. Okay. It's good. So, speaking of good, how's your week been in the World of Warcraft universe? It has been good. Told it. I'm clairvoyant. So, there is a rocket chicken in the auction house for about half of what it normally goes. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So, um, the next thing I knew is in my mailbox. Oh, you won. Was it a buyout or a bid? It was a buyout. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't even realize, though, he was already level 25. Oh, sweet. So, you didn't have to level him. I didn't have to level him. I know that much about battle pets. Exactly, exactly. Now, there is a Dark Moon Fair quest that has two beasts. The guy who has the daily um, uses a team that has two beasts on it. So, okay. mechanicals are good against beast. The team that I had set up to do this um, pet battle daily, I won most of the time. But then depending on if things crit or missed or whatever, I'd lose some of the time. Mm. And I had one really bad day where I just I lost about four times in a row. It's very frustrating. Did you just give up and go eat bonbons and Nutella? I did eat bonbons and Nutella. Um, but after I got the rocket chicken, I actually swapped him out in that team. It's like butter now. Team Rocket Chicken. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a Pokemon reference. Team Rocket Chicken. Mm, kind of. Oh, what do you mean, kind of? I don't know Pokemon. Uh, I've also been questing some on my uh, Gnome Rogue. She's uh, 96 now. Just got an herb garden. Third herb garden. (laughs) So I'm going to be really tired of herbs. a lot of herbs, huh? That's a lot of herbs, yeah. Um, I dropped mining on her. She's always been a miner engineer. Yeah, I remember this. Yeah. And um, obviously mining, just you don't need it anymore. Not really. No. So I dropped it and picked up skinning. And I think it's really awesome that she's able to skin right away. I mean, getting scraps that you have to convert into leather. But still, I don't have to go farm boars over now and forest. <laughs> right. Stuff that nobody's ever going to use ever oh, again. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and I'm trying out the barn with that character, too. Because I tried doing the barn with my hunter, and I was killing things too fast with the combination of uh, the ranged weapon and the pet. Oh, yeah. Uh, with the rogue, it's a little bit easier. Um it's still kind of tricky. I'm trying to figure out all the mechanics with it. And even though it says that it traps beasts, it doesn't trap all beasts. Mm. Because there's some eels in the lake that say they're beasts, but you can't trap them. Oh. They're water beasts. Yeah, the water beasts. <laughs> so, but I've been enjoying it. And how about you? How's your week been? Kind of weird. Been a yeah? weird week. Yeah. First of all, the raid team changed the raid date, but didn't tell, like, the rest of the raid team. So, like, the core people changed it. Oh, boy. And then everybody, like, no, you know, people show up and they're like, oh, we're not doing a raid. No, we changed it to Monday nights now. So, that's kind of weird. 
you know, we record on Monday night, so now it's like you got to finish up the podcast and head home and read. <laughs> so that's kind of a weird thing. Um, had a lot of stuff going on IRL, so didn't really get a lot of playtime this yeah, week. Yeah, he had a busy weekend. Yeah. yeah. Um, but in the time that I did get to play, I finally got a Jade Primordial Direhorn off of a Warbringer. Congrats. My first of, I think, four, three or four that they dropped. I've only been farming that for like four years. No. Uh-uh. No? Nah? No. Nah, these are the guys that came out in Mr. Pandaria. So it could well, be four yeah, years <laughs> for that. Exaggerating a little bit. I've only been farming them since uh, level 100. Oh, so. okay. Not so bad. And even then, it's not really farming. It's just every so often going over and doing a rotation, seeing if anybody's up. You and I killed uh, Tarina the Ageless and Ruckmar. I don't know if you got any loot. I did get an upgrade. I got a ring that's pants. useless to me. Like an epic pants. Well, congratulations. Now, but it was fun to go do. Anyhow, because you know it was a big group and that was fun and all. So we, at least we got to kill some of the world bosses in there. Finally, remembered to go ahead and cash in my what are they love tokens? Yeah. Because like in the years prior, I was like, I'll, I'll just I got this many. I'll wait till next year, and then they disappear. Right, they're and, temporary. I didn't know that. So like <laughs> one year, I'm like, oh, I had enough to go get a pet, and I was gonna save up to get like the love rocket. Oh. And I lost all my tokens. Well, you can't buy the Love Rocket. Or something. You There's can a, buy like the, the, the tall strider thing. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was the mount. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah. So this year I'm like, you know what? I'm not losing them. So I went and I bought the pet. No big deal. It was on the last day. That really wasn't the last day, but it was the last day. Yeah. Gotcha. Because <laughs> <laughs> the calendar was really weird this yeah, time around. Walkie, yeah. Um, Got Leroy Jenkins as a follower. Leroy. Yeah, good old Leroy Jenkins. So that was kind of weird because I joined a group and I thought they were already done with the dungeon. I'm like, what's what's going on? Right. And then I realized they're doing Leroy. Yeah. No one told me. There's all like, we got to go over here. We got to, they're, they're like talking amongst themselves. They were all in the, in the same guild and then, then me. So you're just long for the ride. I'm just long for the ride, but I think other people were joining and going like, hey, I don't want to do this. I just, I want to do the dungeon. I want to do my dungeons and get on with my day. Sure. And I'm like, well, okay, what are we doing? Leroy. Oh, I'll get a follower. Okay. And so I stuck around for like, it might have been like two minutes and then we got it. You know, it was like, kill this, kill this, done. Okay. Is he a good follower? I don't know. I don't I don't know if I activated him yet. I think he's deactivated right now. He's already activated. Well, he's not doing anything because I, deact- I had to deactivate him because I already had my max followers. Well, there's a weird thing, right? So if you had 20 out of 20. You right. get a new one. Yeah. Now you have 21 out of 20. Right. And I can't do any missions. Right. Until you deactivate. Something. Yeah. And I went and deactivated Leroy. Oh, okay. I'm like, I don't know you. Just put away. <laughs> <laughs> but he's rare quality, isn't he? Uh, he's level 100, I think. Well, but, uh... this, the epic followers have an extra ability. So they're more efficient. Uh, maybe I go activate him. Okay. See what's up. As you notice, like some of the um, the missions will have five different things that have to be countered. But you only have three followers. Oh, I got to tell myself a little bit here. What's that? So you're familiar with our cool add-on. Master plan? Master plan, right? So I jump in and I'm trying to get my my my, my garrison missions done and everything done. Sure. Just I, I'm in a hurry. Right. And I actually clicked on that other tab that's like interesting missions or whatever. Yeah. And all I see are all these high mall missions. Oh. And I'm like... <gasps> missions <laughs> nothing but high mom missions i'm like i'm gonna and i'm like how come i can't send any what's 
And I'm like, oh, I'm yeah. in the wrong time. They're a little bit of a tease, aren't they? Uh, I was like, I got, I got, got giddy. Yeah, is the word I'm looking yeah. for there. <laughs> and then I realized I was on the wrong tab. So, <laughs> a little sad. Hey, coming up in game this week is the Lunar Festival. If you go pay your respects to your elders, you get some coins of ancestry, which you can pay uh, and get some stuff. From get your, some outfits, yeah. yeah, stuff like that. Some moonstones, achievements, titles. I haven't got stuff. that. It's one of the ones I want to get. I want to be Elder Root. I think that should be cool. Yeah, you should. Uh, so, it's really hey. easy. Um, you need handy notes because there is a specific plugin for handy notes for the lunar um, people. And so it will put on your map where all you need to go for the coins. Yeah. So if you're going to like Eastern Kingdoms, for example, you can zoom out and you can kind of make your own path and see exactly where you need to go. Well, we got like a month of this thing being up, maybe yeah. a little less than a month, but I think this is the year that I'm going to complete it. It's, yeah, it's a little easier to knock it all out at once, at least like do a continent at once, because then you just start from the south end and go up, or or the other way around. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. Well, I mean, I think I'll do it this year. So Lunar Festival's going on, get your titles, get your stuff that you can get from with your Coins of Ancestry. Freck, uh, I think we settled... Um, <laughs> Uh, your 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 uh, your misunderstanding. <laughs> oh yes, I, I apologize for that for not reading your mind. We are Freck going to do the dungeon Vortex Pinnacle. Okay. Uh, we've heard some from some other people that uh, our our chances <laughs> in uh, Throne of the Four Winds were kind of astronomical as well. Right, right. So we are going to do the dungeon. We are settled. Vortex Pinnacle. Where I was all along. <laughs> Proving once again that Root is always right. Well, no. you just have a leg up on me. That's all right. Well, you know, it. that was just a, weird, a very <laughs> weird situation. I think I figured it out what happened, and I was I was always going to Vortex Pinnacle. Okay. But a guildie's like, oh, you're going for, and he named the mount. He named the, named the Drake of the Southwind. And then for our show notes, I looked up Drake of the Southwind because I remembered him saying that, and it said, Throwing the four wins, so that's what got in our show notes, and the rest is history. Gotcha. Uh, <laughs> I'm kind of like a Ron Burgundy when it comes to my show notes. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> if it's Drake there, of the South Wind. <laughs> <laughs> if it's there, I'm gonna go. With, if it's not there, I don't know what I'm gonna say. So. <laughs> that being said, Freckleface. Did you have a chance to jump into Vortex Pinnacle, bypassing all the trash, <laughs> and uh, taking out the boss there? I did, twice, yeah. First time I kind of bungled my way through there, I did get a bunch of trash. Second time, I was all finesse, you know. Just gonna dodge it, dodge, yeah, dodge, yeah, yeah, dodge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, sometimes you can't, but uh, no big deal. And uh, were you successful in looting the Drake? I was not. That route? Yes, ma'am. Did you run Vortex Pinnacle this I week? I managed to get in there twice. Twice, all twice. right. Twice. Busy week. Other stuff going on. And did the mountain drop for you? Something dropped. What dropped? Some old gear that I couldn't do anything with, but not yeah. the mount, not this time. However, now that we know where we're going, uh, we're both on the same page. It makes the bet that much even. Now, Kevin is on vacation this week. He will be rejoining us next week, and we will all 
all be going to Vortex Pinnacle <laughs> from here on out. Well, now that it's a moot point, I finally got down the 25-man heroic on throwing the four winds. Well, grass. <laughs> <laughs> now that no one cares, it doesn't matter I'm anymore. I'm still going to run every week. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Hey, we have an email. And this is from our friend Diz the Warlock. And he says, So first I'm thinking, why would they subject themselves to that? Throne of the Four Winds isn't exactly easy to solo, especially to do it three or four times in one setting with alts. Then I'm thinking, I don't remember trash in that raid. <laughs> oh, they referred to smaller bosses as trash, strange, but okay. Then, clearly, something is amiss here. OMG, I was laughing my buttocks off. I'm going to have to write to our highway authority and install guardrails along my whole commute if you keep this up. Great show, gang. Oh, and I love the small hearthcast on the street segment at the podcast meetup. That could be a thing, you know? Yeah, um, you know what? That's not a bad idea. We may have to do the hearthcast on the street. I may have to go call up our VO guy and tell him we need another segment <laughs> done and we'll start doing some hearthcast on. I've got those little mics. Yeah, you do. Uh, you can take those around with us. That wouldn't be such a bad idea. I like it. I like it. We could try it. I'm always worth trying. It's always it's always interesting to me, too, to ask somebody a question about World of Warcraft and you never know what you're going to get. You know, because years back, remember, there was the, the lady at the 7-Eleven right. was power leveling her son through stuff. Like, oh, that's kind of cool. So you never know. So that's a, that's a pretty good idea. A um, little bit of conundrum. I'm glad you were safe, Diz, and that you didn't need Absolutely. to uh, drive <laughs> off and didn't need side rails. And, but uh, we've been in contact with the Department of Transportation, and mm-hmm. they assure us that we aren't liable for... It's <laughs> a relief. It was, yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah. So <laughs> we appreciate your email. You know what else we'd appreciate? If y'all went ahead and went over to lootcrate.com forward slash hearthcast, shameless plug, I know, but if you go check out Loot Crate and use that cool link, that lootcrate.com forward slash hearthcast, not only can you get three bucks off your new membership, but it lets them know that, that you know, you're actually listening to the podcast and that does us a special favor too. up next in general chat gonna swing both ways blizzard's design philosophy seems to sway from one extreme to another from expansion to expansion flying exploration dailies and dungeons have all been subject to this design change and we're going to investigate these pendulum swings in detail and just to help us out dead guy joins us dead guy how are you i'm doing pretty good how about both of you awesome awesome doing great here so let's start this off Let's talk a little bit about flying and exploration and how Blizzard has kind of had both extremes on what we can and cannot do with this. Yeah, well, sure. Uh, Back in vanilla, uh, how it worked is that there was no flying at all. Flying wasn't even a glimmer in anyone's actual – wasn't a glimmer in anyone's eye of something that was actually going to happen. Of course, in a three-dimensional game like this, people were like, wouldn't flying be awesome? But no one uh, had any inkling that it was actually going to come. Well, the world wasn't designed for it, even if they could just magically sprinkle oh, yeah. fairy dust like on it. Like, if there. you looked at Orgrimmar from the top, like, there was just entire walls and sections of the city that were just empty. There was just nothing. And it, it fundamentally would not work. And on top of this, uh, when it comes to exploration, 
there wasn't a whole lot to find in wow there was a couple different easter eggs and there was cool scenery to look at but there wasn't like treasures and there wasn't gags all over the place there wasn't that many Easter eggs and the Easter eggs that were there. They were just set pieces. They weren't really things you can interact like Quater in uh, the Barrens. Who is that again? Uh, it's the spirit rezzer that's permanently visible instead of only visible while dead named Quater. And I think it was an employee that died during WoW's dev. Oh, I remember reading about that. Yeah. There was a couple ones of those, but not much after that. All right, so he couldn't fly at all because it wasn't even, as you said, a glimmer in anybody's eye during Vanilla. And then Burning Crusade comes along. Yes, and during Burning Crusade, or rather at the launch of Burning Crusade, one of the main features was there is now flying available, not in Old World Azeroth, because Old World Azeroth still couldn't support it, but in the new Outland Zone, you could buy uh, training for flying and buy a flying mount and start flying around. Uh, this was meant to be high-level slash max-level content, uh, originally, I think both were available only at 70. Maybe Slow Flying was available at 68. No, Slow Flying was available at 68 uh, because some zone, uh, because Netherstorm did not work well without flying. I'm 95% certain of that. Do you remember anyway. roughly the actual cost of your first flying license? Yes. Uh, the mount was 100 gold for Slow Mount. The license was 1,000 which was a good chunk back then. Not crazy, but a good chunk. While an epic mount was like, was it 1,000 gold or 500? It was more. I don't remember exactly how much. Maybe 200? But the epic flying training was 5,000, which back in BC was kind of crazy. I remember spending an entire weekend just after dinging 70, like uh, only with only about half of Outlands done. I spent an entire weekend in college with no school, nothing going on, just grinding out all the quests in every zone to get enough gold to finally buy Epic Flying on my one character. And that was a day because flying was new for WoW and it was so cool to move that fast and to be like, wow, I'm actually transversing the world and I'm actually able to get where I want to go. This is such a nice feeling. So I remember when I first got flying and I mounted up on my flying mount, and I started running because I couldn't figure out how to fly. <laughs> and the only way I knew how to fly was to go find something to run off of. <laughs> and I would fly. Until one of my guildies went, why don't you just press the space bar? And I was like, whoa, look at that. You, you didn't intuitively think about the jump button? Not at all. Wow. I thought if I ran, like you had enough you know, speed like an airplane, I would just start flying. <laughs> It's a ramp up. It's a ramp up. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> That's actually kind of amusing. Um, and in fact, also flying back then was actually a gate for some dungeons and some raids. Specific, well, a raid specifically in Netherstorm. Netherstorm warlock gates were deactivated. They they would not function, and actually they weren't gates. It was one shard per summon. But whatever, not here nor there. What matters is that they were up in the air, and the only way to get there was to fly to them. Mm. Yeah. I remember getting in a group to go to um, Botanica and uh, realizing the last minute I had to fly to get there. Did you not have flying at that point? No, I did not. So you got kicked. Yeah, there's no rocket mail, no summoning up there. So. Yeah. Now in Wrath, they relaxed the restrictions even more. 
Yeah, you could fly at max level, but then in a later patch, they made it so that your alts could fly at 68 using that account-bound tome of cold weather flying. So if you got attuned to level 80, now you could buy this license and mail it to your alts, and they didn't have to run on the ground into Lich King content. They could just fly through it. Yes. Actually, uh, regular flying in Wrath was also unlocked at 78 baseline because for the first time in WoW, they had entire zones built around you having flying. Storm Peaks and Ice Crown as a whole were not possible to complete without flying. There were no ground routes between lots of quest objectives. In fact, what they had for people without gold is uh, as an incentive to earn flying yourself, there were loner mounts. I remember these specifically. I never had one because I got flying as soon as I could. These loner mounts that only worked in those two zones. And you know how mounts uh, moved, I think back then were they 160% move speed? As in plus 60%, right? The slow mounts. These moved at walking speed. Ooh. It was specifically going, hey, yes, you want to see this content? Don't want to buy flying? Sure. It's going to take you five years to get anywhere. <laughs> Have fun. It's like getting in the slowest taxi in New York when you're late for a plane. Yeah. You're trying to get to the airport and get that guy who wants to show you the city and drive <laughs> under the speed limit so he's safe and all. You're like, Dude, yeah. just get me to the airport. Yes. It was, uh, it was pretty bad. I saw some people flying with it. And it was like, wow. I, I I would have gone insane trying to do that. But yeah, everything else Freckle said was completely true. And yeah, it was an overall relaxing of systems. And then moving on to Cata, this is when the system got as lax it's ever gotten. Uh, old World Flying was available at level 60, which means people could actually start flying earlier because previously you could only start flying earliest at 68. And now you could start flying at 60, which was new. And... Uh, you could fly anywhere in the old world the instant you hit 60, which means, heck, if you wanted to raid uh, vanilla content at a vanilla level, now you could fly to your raids. Wow. Uh, on top of that, uh, the content at max level was completely tuned around having flying from the word go. Oh, yeah. You couldn't be on the ground in Mountain Hydral. No, it just didn't work. No. Uh, same with uh, Deep Holm. Deep Holm was even worse. Right. Like, I think Hygel had had land routes between most objectives. They were just annoying and cumbersome and took forever. Deepholm actively did not have routes between large quantities of the area because it was just sheer cliffs everywhere. Well, yeah, and plus so one of the first quests you get is to go up and investigate this flying ship. Yeah, yeah. That, you're right. That is, I think, the very first quest that's actually in the zone. Uh, and uh, you have to go find a flying ship. And guess what? If you can't fly, you can't get up there, nope. period. And, uh, yeah, so flying was allowed everywhere because they'd revamped the old world to allow flying to work in the old world. And they had unlocked it at level 16. It was pretty cheap. I think it was only like 500 gold, which in Kata was decently cheap. I mean, it wasn't, you know, like trivial gold, but it wasn't hard either. Right. And that was also at the same time they, they lowered the flying restrictions for past expansions. As in, up until that time, you if you're leveling through the Burning Crusade material... You still had to be on the ground. And then Cataclysm, you could take any character into Hellfire Peninsula and just fly around where you needed to go. Uh, as soon as you hit 60, you would go by flying. and then Right, go, right, right. Hey. right. And then you're up and away and flying over all the leveling content in Burning Crusade that was not designed with flying in mind. Right. So you got to skip a lot of stuff. 
Right, and same with like Lich King. I think that's when they made the cold weather flying just available flat out at level 68. Yeah, instead of having to buy the tome, yeah. you just got it. Just got I mean, you still yeah. had to buy it, but you could buy it at a much lower level. And then Blizzard came along and put the brakes on the whole thing. Yes, they did. Starting with the gate. Yes, at MOP, they took away the idea of having flying out the door and said, we're going to go back to no flying at, while leveling. And so flying did not become available until max level at 90. And not even that. I mean, you could get ported, you could get around it, but it wasn't just that you had to hit 90. You had to do the quest to open up the gates to get to the yes. shrine. It wasn't until you got to the shrine that you got the flying. Right, right, right. That wasn't hard, and I actually hadn't thought about that. You're right. Uh, it wasn't a hard thing to do, but it was a gating, yes. Right, right. Uh, and on top of that, they actually introduced a couple max level zones that harkened back all the way to BC, uh, where it was a new max level daily zone that had no flying. Isle of Thunder, Timeless, Timeless Isle. Isle. both did that, right. And Isle, of Giants, Isle of Giants, too? Yeah. But it, it, that wasn't a daily zone. That's but true. the the Isle of Thunder and, and uh, the Timeless Isle very much harkened back to Isle of Kaldanos, with Isle of Thunder all structurally being a clone. It was a zone that had a raid, that had dailies, that you completed as a faction in order to unlock story progress in the zone. It was structurally a clone of Kaldanos. The story was different. The actual quests were different. Yes, right. yes, yes. And then we moved on to our current X back where they went flying. No, you don't get flying. No, no flying at no all. No flying, never up. flying. If you want to fly, you go back to your other timeline. Go yes. fly there. Yes. But they did let us have our ground mount or have our flying mounts on the ground. So you can take you out your big bird. But you don't get the uh, effect of it. <laughs> exactly. Bird can just trot along on the ground. So Wad took away flying entirely. With them considering bringing it back at some point in the future, but it looks like thus far that they're not planning on it. I don't think they are. I think they're no. kind of sticking their guns of like no flying for you. I know, and I feel like I'm strung along because I'm the kind of person who hates being stuck on the ground when flying would make things so much easier. It I, would make it I, easier. I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, I don't hate it for stuff like jumping puzzles, because what they did do is in MOP, they added a couple treasures randomly around the map that you could loot for XP and a cool item. They went balls to the wall about treasures around the world, and they added jumping and platforming puzzles. And I can enjoy, and I appreciate them. Some of them are cool. Some of them are fun to figure out. I like them. I also like, in a given like area where I'm having to complete a quest objective, uh, fighting through mobs in order to get my quest objective, I can enjoy that. I'm okay with that. Okay. What I hate is I picked up a quest on the east side of the zone, and it sends me to the west side of the zone. I hate having to run through quest mob or through mobs that are irrelevant to my quest, and all they do is daze me and dismount me and are annoying and well, have nothing to do with what I want to do right now and just drive me crazy or dealing with terrain. I hate getting stuck on terrain when I'm just trying to travel long distances. I'm like, oh, my God, I have to pay attention more carefully where I'm going, and that's not fun to me. There is nothing enjoyable about that to me. But if you just find the road, then you won't have terrain or mob issues. Yes, you will, because then you have to follow the road as it zigzags back and forth. You're right. I don't have to deal with terrain specifically, but I still have to follow the road, or then I will have to deal with terrain. True, true, true. But if you stick to the road, monsters are less likely to attack you. For some areas in Wad, that's a flat-out lie. You know <laughs> but the tools tips never lie. <laughs> yes. 
I don't know. It, it does say to go outside with your friends, and I just think that's a lie. <laughs> Regardless. Regard- well, no, it's not a lie. Blizzard wants you to do that because the less time you're spent playing the game but still paying for it, they're spending less costs on server maintenance uh... and still getting the money from you. So, of course, they want you to play the game as little as possible while still paying the monthly <laughs> fee. Now, you mentioned uh, some jumping up, some of these jumping things to go get treasures and whatnot. That annoyed me. Because I would jump and climb and find my way to get up to the top of a tree and then find out that that's an archaeology thing, which I don't have. <laughs> and would have liked to have known that before I tried to attempt to climb said tree. Now, handy notes will make a note if it's an archaeology item. But the funny thing is, is some of them only require archaeology one, while other ones require archaeology 600. Right, right, right. I have archaeology zero. Right. It doesn't cost anything. Zero. <laughs> Maybe 10 silver to zero. <laughs> Regardless, this is a tangent, not the main topic. All right, so to sum up, if you made a tune in vanilla and you leveled it all the way through the content that is relevant now, your tune would go, no flying, flying, no flying, 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 no flying, flying, no flying, and then no flying. Uh, you missed a flying. Are you oh, sure? Sorry. Oh, sorry, you're right. Flying for mists, no flying for the max level content, and then for the new max level content, then no flying at all. Exactly, yeah. you know what I'm saying. Yes, I get you. I was just lost for a second. Pardon me. Well, but yes, you, know, you would have gone through clear. all that, and it's back and forth all the time. And on top of that, the overarching design goes no flying at all to easier flying, easier flying, easier flying, easiest flying, harder flying, no flying. Right, right. So they have come back to their original position of we, we don't want you to fly. Yes. Yeah. Now, the purposes of this, uh, another purpose, of course, is world PvP is why they're bringing back no flying which is one of those purposes goes, that doesn't affect me at all. I'm on a PvE realm, and I don't PvP. So it's another reason why I don't care, uh, why I want flying. Anyway, not here nor there. All right, so we've kind of hammered out flying a little bit. Let's uh, let's take a jump over here and look at some dailies. And I know it hasn't been quite as dramatic as flying, but this pendulum has shifted from side to side with dailies. Yes, it has. Uh, vanilla doesn't really count because daily wasn't even a concept then. If we're talking about dailies in vanilla, you'd say none at all. Wait, you could turn in um, some cloth to some repeatables. dude. Oh, okay. <laughs> Those are not dailies. And usually with repeatables, it wasn't a monetary reward. It was just a way of saying you can exchange something that was not a normal like vendor exchange like using cloth to get rep yeah, yeah i got the um the ambassador uh title that way but just turning in like a buttload of stacks of rune cloth oh yeah and now everyone gets it the easy way and it makes you mad why you you had it long before they did that's yeah. that's your advantage is you had it before them the title should be gold right we talked about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so with dailies, um, yeah, like you said, there weren't really any or none at all to speak of in vanilla. So BC came along and introduced dailies. Yes, there was dailies for multiple different reps. Uh, there was quite, there was a number of them. Uh, you could only do ten per day, and I know for a fact there was more than ten available at launch. I don't remember the exact number, but it, that was part of the point. Is uh, we don't want you to spend all your time doing dailies, so we <laughs> want to cap how many dailies you do a day and actually make it interesting by making you choose which dailies you do first. I can remember there being guides on which dailies you should do if you want to get more gold or more rep or whatever you're going for, whatever your goals were. There was a guide to do just those dailies. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, and I'm presuming one of those guides was how to make yourself better at raiding faster, which was always do the daily heroic among, among other dailies. I think I missed that one. Oh, OK. Well, that doesn't surprise me because you don't know how to raid anyway. Ow. Oh, <laughs> hey, you set it up. I just knocked it out. Ow. <laughs> anyway. So later on in BC, with the introduction of Isle of Kaldanos, they're like, here's a lot more dailies. So let's increase the cap to 25, because otherwise you won't really get to do. You'll either be able to do Isle of Kaldanos and nothing else, because by the end, there was like at least 10 dailies on Isle of Kaldanos alone. But you can't fly there. Right. You cannot fly there. Uh, The zone was built with no flying in mind. And honestly, it was pretty small. It really didn't feel that bad to me. No, it was all right. And again, like every time it sent you to do stuff, there wasn't a lot of stuff in the way. So honestly, that particular instance of no flying didn't really bother me. So they increased the amount of dailies you could do to 25. And then Wrath comes along and they give us like a truckload more dailies to do. Yes, they did for a lot of factions. However, a lot of the dailies were really optional, especially if you were uh, a raider, because you're like, oh, you want to max out a rep? Well, you can do that today. Go buy the tabard. I'm sorry. Do all the regular quests for that rep. Do all the dailies that day. Buy the tabard. Congratulations. Run all the heroics with this tabard. You're done. True. Now, you had to be a relatively good player to complete everything in one. All the day, all the heroics right out the gate because they weren't trivially easy. They weren't crazy hard, but they, they took a little bit of effort and getting people together. Uh, but uh, the dailies were realistically optional. Uh, and Yeah. Uh, now, they added even more dailies, like Argent Tournament. Oh, my dogs. People are still doing those dailies because there are unique rewards that are not progression-based rewards. They're vanity rewards. Right, Absolutely. tons of uh, pets and mounts, and they are hard to get. Hard uh, as in time-consuming, not yeah. hard as difficult. Well, yeah, yeah, because you have to do the whole aspiration set of dailies before you can even unlock to get the actual seals. And once you get the seals, there's so many things to spend it on. You even missed a step. Uh, you have to be aspirant first, then you uh, have to be a valiant for every faction that was around in Wrath uh, yeah. your, for your faction. Uh-huh. So for Horde, it was uh, five. Right. Uh, the original four in Blood Elves. So you had to be a valiant for all five of those. So you had to go through daily sequence for all five of those. I think it was five days each. And then after that, uh, honestly, the first time you completed your first valiant quest, you got some of the champion quests that were able to start getting some champion seals. But to max out champion seal income, not only did you have to be a champion with all factions, you also had to do the dungeon every day, which kind of made it a pseudo daily quest on top of the actual daily quests. It was pretty crazy, the number of dailies in Wrath. A lot of them were optional. Uh, the ones at Argent Tournament were, uh, were, sorry, were mostly flavor and vanity, but there was a ton. But we still had our 25 25- limit cap yes there was and if you were doing if you were keeping up with stuff as it was released by blizzard the 25 cap didn't really affect you because uh it only affected people who like i want to do our tournament and then go do netherwing and then do shatari skyguard way back in bc then you would run into the 25 <sighs> moving on to the next x back kata uh Mike's memory indicates that there really wasn't that many dailies in the beginning of Kata. There was like one or two for Tolvir. Uh, there was like oh, four. Yeah, the, uh, the there was like four for the Dragon Ball. Hygel, the pygmy one. 
didn't fun. really have any at at the start. Last year never had any. Deepholm never had any. So yeah, there was almost no dailies at the start of Kata. Yeah, and I think that's probably because all the zones were so spread out. I don't think people wanted to go porting around there every day. Yes, they didn't. And there was a little bit of daily overload in Wrath because yeah. especially with the tournament, oh my words. <laughs> so they kind of pulled then, back from that. And then Blizzard went, eh, there was no dailies at all. Let's give them the Molten Front. And then went, barf, here have 20 dailies or whatever. <laughs> but that was fun, though. I liked the Molten Front. It had a dynamic, interesting quest, uh, story and a progression feel, which I really liked. Right. The dailies got old, of course, but uh, the actual zone was kind of cool and the story progression was cool, which I did like. And then they're like, hey, our, que- our daily quest with the Molten Front was reasonably successful. Let's go nuts. And then they absolutely lost their mind with Mop with their dailies. Oh, my <laughs> dogs. Yes, honestly, they did. Honestly, the craziest part was how they gated dailies behind dailies. Right. That was the best. Like, you, you, you do all these dailies, right? And then you get your rep all the way up and you unlock the, the, the next set in your reward for getting your rep up. More dailies. Yes. And not just like one or two more because with a Golden Lotus, like when you went from friendly to honored, you got a couple more Golden Lotus dailies, which helped speed up getting Golden Lotus rep. No, no, no. What the craziness was is once you hit revered with Golden Lotus, they're like BT dubs have two entirely new faction dailies. Right. Like the Shadow Pan. They were like that, too. Yeah. Shadow Pan and the Celestials. Yeah. Revered, I never revered did Golden that. Lotus. August Celestials. Like, did it wasn't even really necessary, was it? perception was that it was mandatory oh. because there was gear rewards behind there that were comparable with normal mode rating. Ooh. Again, it was not actually mandatory because skill could trump gear and right. there was enough gear in the raids and heroics for you to progress in rating. Uh, but because people wanted to get every competitive edge they could for realm firsts or uh, for sorry realm firsts or world firsts or just because they wanted to see the content as fast as possible they felt the need to get that gear and therefore felt that they were had to do the dailies even though Ian blizzard even said and they are technically correct the best kind of correct that you don't have to do the dailies to get the gear it was purely perception so i've noticed that anytime somebody says technically speaking i don't have to pay attention to anything else they say <laughs> Well, let me know how that works out for you. It's working out great so far. <laughs> when everyone's like, technically speaking, I just go blah, blah. That's all I hear. The rest is blah, 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 ginger, blah, 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 ginger. Ginger? The far side cartoon. Oh, good reference, Breck. <laughs> yeah, we had that. Uh, we named our dog Ginger because of that. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah. That's awesome. I five that one right, right there. Right. I now know what you're talking about. Oh, you do? <laughs> what dogs here? Exactly. Okay. So this uh, perception of daily quests being mandatory caused a huge backlash. That wasn't a, a, that wasn't against Blizzard of. I hate I hate logging in because I hate doing all these dailies and it just feels awful and a chore. Blizzard wasn't really able to act on it with the very first patch because they had already had the first patch of Mop already underway, uh, and therefore there were actually even more dailies with uh, the first patch. But after that, they started drastically cutting back on the number of dailies ever introduced. Uh, TOT had a decent amount uh, introduced, but they were story progression quests. 
Uh, and then starting after TFT, patch 5.3 had like a daily quest. And then the same thing ended up happening for Timeless Isle. There was a daily quest. And then so like they're like, nope, no more dailies. So Wad rolls around and there's almost no dailies. Uh, I'm not talking about like pet battle dailies, which they're keeping going because people want to do pet battles every day. And Blizzard hasn't come up with a good way to have repeatable pet battle content that's not a daily. So there's still dailies. But for like actual player content, uh, there's one coherent daily every day. And that daily is Apexis Crystals invariably. Right. Now, there's different ways to get Apexis Crystals and you get to choose where you go. But it's the Apexis Crystal daily. And that's it. Congratulations. You have your daily. Yeah, one daily, then a bunch of other stuff that feels like dailies, although it's not. Yes. And because uh, I actually read a very good forum post about how unstructured content makes it feel like you have to make more time investment in order to get uh, value out of it. So people aren't wanting to do it because they have to feel like they have to contribute a a lot of time to something to make progress and therefore avoid it and uh, get uh, develop negative feelings towards it. Yeah, Freckle Rate read me that dissertation as well today. Very well thought out post. Yes, I I liked it. I thought it was very insightful, and it's a great springboard for trying different ways of making the game, different ways of creating and presenting content to players. Uh, so they did that. They did that. So they went from gradually increasing in dailies with a couple patches where they leaned back a bit to barfing on us with dailies with mop launch and first couple patches. And then they went, nope, no dailies in Wad. Poof, gone. <laughs> and the pendulum's back. Oh, yeah. Yes. Back to no dailies. Uh, this is as close as we've gotten to vanilla since vanilla in terms of dailies. All right, so what is our analysis of how they handled dailies? Honestly, they what they did is they went, let's try something new. And then it worked decently okay. And they're like, oh, more of a good thing is always a good thing, right? So they started doing more of a good thing and then more of a good thing until they went completely overboard and oversaturated the players. And because, oh, now it's a bad thing. So getting rid of all of a bad thing is good, right? And so they got rid of all of it. And therefore they forgot or rather didn't act on the knowledge of the past that it's a few dailies done right are generally well received. Not everybody. There's some people that hate dailies like like me with flying. I will always hate not having flying. I don't care if there's legitimate ways that it makes the game more fun. I want flying. There are some people who are like that with dailies. They're like, no, I don't want dailies. I hate how they work. I just hate them and never will never want to do them. And yes, that's absolutely some of the uh, player base. But uh, a general large portion of the player base have appreciated occasional well-done dailies, like the first patch of Mop. Uh, the dailies had one-off quests that progressed the story as you did a certain number of dailies, and these quests weren't too far apart. They were only like a couple dailies apart. So while you were doing dailies and it extended the life of the game, it felt like you were still advancing the story and you were getting payoffs and unique cool rewards via story and uh, just content progression. So people thought that that was a very good daily system. And they just decided not to implement any of that right now. You they know, may add some more of this X back, but right now they don't have any. Uh, you know, I think it's it's best when it feels like an option rather than a mandate. Give me an example. When you were farming um, the Emperor Shao Hao rep. Yes. So there is a daily where if you kill 20 of the mobs, you got bonus XP. You but mean you, rep. But, right. Bonus rep. But you also got 
rep for each individual mob that you killed. So if you wanted to just spend a day and grind that out, you could. If you wanted to maximize your efficiency and just do the dailies so that you're getting, you know, bonus rep every time you're killing a mob, you could do that. And you weren't forced in either way. You weren't forced to grind for hours and you also weren't forced to spend months on it if you rather just get it done at once. And yes. the problem is, yeah, and that was a great combination because they've gone before where you have to do three daily quests. You only get rep if you finish them all. Or what they're doing now, where it's like all the rep that you have to get for the high-end reputation systems now, it's just straight-up grinding. Yes. And the dailies, at least in Time of Isle, helped like merge those and make you feel like it was balanced. And that's what's missing right now, in my opinion. The balance of it all? Yeah. All right. uh-huh. You're absolutely right. And the structure of that one daily made it even though you would only grind for 15 minutes to complete the daily and therefore wouldn't get very much progress every day. You were still making progress. Exactly. But the perception of when there's no daily there at all, that even though you could go out and kill, like, say, Laughing Skull Rep, you could go kill mobs for 15 minutes and you would absolutely make progress towards Laughing Skull Rep. But you would perceive like you haven't made a good enough investment and therefore would feel forced to keep going. It's player perception. It's not how things actually work. It's just how it's perceived. So when I was in 10th grade, I was living in Paraguay. We had a pool in our backyard. One night, my mom decided she would add a little bit of detergent to the pool to clean the pool water. She thought it had a eerie smell to it. Well, she decided that, well, you know, since a little bit would be okay... A lot of it would be even better. So she proceeded to put a lot of detergent into our pool. We woke up the next morning to a mound of suds (laughs) approximately 10 feet tall. (laughs) It was a giant subs dome over our pool. Best day ever. (laughs) Now, the first thing I do is like freak out and call my friends. You got to come over, right? (laughs) And my mom is now concerned because my dad was away on on uh, temporary duty leave at the time, TDY, and uh, he was going to be coming home, and she really didn't want him to see said sud dome. <laughs> and so she's like, "We we got to take care of this. We got to figure out how how to get this gone." Now, the cool thing about this is you could like jump or dive into the dome of suds into the pool. And it was like ninja mode because you couldn't hear a splash. <laughs> People just disappeared <laughs> into the dome. And to eventually get it gone, we had to turn off the pool so that, that the pump wasn't running anymore, creating more suds, and like carry out onto the yard just just gobs and gobs and buckets and buckets of suds. So going back to a good a good thing, you know, a little bit of a good thing is okay. A lot of bit of is really good, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't work so much with suds with detergent and pools. <laughs> did did she uh, did she uh, follow the blizzard bottle of in response to overdoing something? Never do it ever again. I.e., never clean the pool ever again. No, we just <laughs> like like OD the pool on chlorine. We tried so many things to get the suds down. <laughs> we ended up like draining the pool. It was a, it was a massive disaster. <laughs> wow. But like Freck said, best day ever. <laughs> you know, because you could. We were throwing my dog into the pool, and it was hilarious because I didn't know which way. Because she comes up in the water. 
And no matter which way you look, you got suds. <laughs> so the only way you knew how to get out of the pool was go under the water and open your eyes, which then burned because of all the soap in the water. <laughs> so you could find out which way to go to the stairs to get out of the pool. Oh, did you do Marco Polo? No, I don't oh. think we did. That would have been a fun. Because <laughs> it wouldn't matter if you're a fish out of water at that yeah. point because you still can't see the person. No joke. <laughs> That sounds amazing. But I digress, but I just wanted to say that, you know, that kind of reminded me of that story. (laughs) No kidding. And just to be clear, 10th grade Paraguay, that's when I immediately stopped believing everything else that came out of your mouth. Oh, no, all true. All 100% true. We can resurrect my mom and ask her, but or just call my sister. She was present, too. Probably a little easier than having a seance or anything for my mom, but, you know. Be a bit hard for that one. Yeah. But all true, all legit, 100% true. Um, so, that aside, with the dailies aside, they've gone both, you know, they, they, they've been on one side, they had them all, now they're back down to almost none. Let's move on and look at dungeons. Sure. Now, the first part of a dungeon is getting to a dungeon, right? <laughs> well, yeah, it used to be that you had to go figure out how to get there. Yeah, yeah, I mean, now it's a lot easier to get to a dungeon, but you still have to do it. Like, you can't do the dungeon until you're there. This is true. Very true. So uh, back during vanilla, uh, dungeons were essentially just instanced areas of the world map where you had to walk to and travel to just like everywhere else. And uh, you had to bring friends and you had to get your friends together yourself and go there. Or or you camped summoning stones. Oh, and saw people trying to make groups like, can I join you? Can I join you? (laughs) No, not that. I just Uh, went on PvP servers. People used to camp summoning stones and as soon as people arrived, they'd kill them all. Oh, oh, those kind of jerks. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you could do that too. You could wait at a summoning stone and ask people. People did that. I remember that. Okay. Uh, BC added a new dungeon type, i.e. a difficulty, heroic dungeons, which were basically what it was supposed to be is higher end five man content that was supposed to really get you ready for raiding. Point being is just like all oh, other dungeons, you still had to get there yourself. Some of them even required flying. And you had to assemble your own group. Starting with Wrath, not at the beginning of Wrath, but near the end of Wrath, what they added was a dungeon finder system. All you had to be to queue for a dungeon, a relevant dungeon for you, was to be the correct level. Uh, now, while in Wrath, you could enter dungeons at level 78. You could not, uh, heroics. You could not queue for heroics until level 80. And I think, actually, there was an eye-level requirement for the uh, dungeons, uh, what were they called? Uh, the ICC five-mans, I think. I think you had to be, like, eye-level 212 or 216 or something. Regardless, uh, the base heroics had no requirements other than being level 80. You could just queue immediately. And at that point, heroics were generally pretty easy, that it worked okay. Uh, and didn't really cause many issues. Starting in Kata, in order to help with one issue that did crop up in Wrath, which was people would queue for a dungeon, die, and have no idea how to get back to the dungeon. Oh, I hated that. That happened to me a lot of times. (laughs) Yeah, because you never learned directions at all, did you, Ruth? No, not at the time, because you could just get summoned over there. Just, you know, so people, you die, you'd be outside of the dungeon, like, hey, how do I get in? (laughs) Yeah. Kata, they made it so that you physically had to show up at the entrance of a dungeon in order to queue for it, which helps solve the graveyard problem. Because then you, in theory, have seen the entrance to the dungeon and should, in theory, know how to get back to right. it when you die. Now, of course, some people still had no idea where they were going. 
but it it helped a little bit. Um, there was a eye level requirement too, very low, but it was there uh, in order to queue for heroics. And this actually caused some issues because the cat heroics at start were quite hard, but and coupled with the relatively low eye level requirement and no other requirements, it caused lots of craziness. In MOP, uh, they made the gear threshold quite a bit higher at first, uh, relatively speaking, and they made heroics very easy. So uh, queuing system worked fine didn't cause any issue. Finally, with WAD, uh, they wanted to make heroics a little bit harder again. So they kept a gear threshold and they added a new, completely new way of gating. Silver improving grounds for the role you want to queue as. In theory, completing silver proving grounds means you're relatively competent at that role. Now, of course, Silver Proving Grounds really isn't that crazy hard with how many people are able to do it while basically naked. Like, I've seen people do it with nothing but a level 60 weapon or nothing but a max level trinket. And they're able to complete Silver Proving Grounds. Now, it's hard for some people, but the people who it's hard for is the kind of people shouldn't be in Heroics because it's relatively easy content. And if they can't do it, then they're going to fail in Heroics and cause group wipes. That's the theory, anyway. Very true. So... This gating system has allowed them to make heroic dungeons a little bit harder while allowing it to still be a queue system without causing massive headaches for everyone. So while the accessibility has gone down from you have to do everything yourself to extremely easy to get in, just get to the right level and then queue and bam, you're in, to now you have to get to the right level, meet some requirements, and then you're able to queue. So they went from harder to access, easier to access, harder to access. But they've changed the way it's harder to access. It used to be travel time into making your own group. Now it's getting some starter gear and completing self-improving grounds. I think this is a much, uh, This is one of those times where they have swung back to making it more difficult. But I think it's overall a good change because how they're doing it is different. And it's stuff that's actually relevant to completing the dungeon. Being able to socially manage and create a group is not what's relevant in order to... Uh, be able to dodge fire or know when to taunt that those are not related skill sets at all. Um, likewise, uh, knowing where a dungeon entrance is does not help you make DPS checks or heal checks. Gear threshold in theory helps you make DPS and gear checks and proving grounds in theory teaches you, um, tests you to see if you're competent at performing your role. So they're actually relevant to completing the dungeon. Does this make sense? It does. It does. And my biggest issue with having to discover the entrance physically is that the reason why people have issues with that is that it's not always clear how to get from the graveyard to the entrance. No, it's really not. Sometimes it's really weird. Um, one I really hated was uh, Stone Core. Oh, yeah. Like, like I've flown to the entrance to this dungeon multiple times, and every time I get stuck in the graveyard, I'm like, where the hell do I go? Yeah, exactly. Like, I know it's on that tower somewhere. Okay, I guess I'll go look. And instead of making the graveyard system kind of moot More during, intuitive. yeah, all right, you know, you could just have people die, put them back at the beginning of the dungeon. That's It'd actually what they do about the same, you know. Yeah, like you're already taking ar- armor damage. You're right. already losing any progress you had in the fight if it's a boss fight. Right. The trash are going to respawn if you uh, have some trash, the boss. not all. But right. the point being is you have penalties, which there should be in a video game. There should right. Be penalties right. Right. But the penalties were all already good enough, in my opinion. They didn't need to make an annoying run back. That was just frustration. Right. 
So honestly, this is one of those times where they've swung the pendulum, and I think it's always been it's been for the good overall. Where her, uh, dungeon content, especially leveling content, finding a group for that was always atrocious, uh, except maybe during except maybe during vanilla when everybody was doing it. Like then it, it worked because everybody was at the same level as you, so you had lots of people to pick from. But once a lot of people were max level, and from then on, it was very hard to find a leveling group to do a dungeon with you at your level. So the queue system was a good idea overall for easier content, not for the crazy top end content, not by any stretch. That's it causes nightmares for that. But for easier content where not every, every being top end skill is not required, I think it's great. And with a new gating system that's provided by Silver Improving Grounds, they can even make it a little bit harder and still have a queuing system because they have a gate. So overall, I think this was a very good uh, iteration system that they've done. Now, I kind of agree with what you had said about in theory, because a lot of times you get a person, you know, in a heroic that, especially if it's a new tank in a heroic, and for some reason they're in your group and you're pulling as a D, you know, as a DPS warlock ranged, I'm pulling aggro off the tank because they're new. Eh, I shouldn't be doing that, especially me, no, you, you know. But still, <laughs> so, no, you shouldn't. But you, uh, it, it, here we're running into the problem of well we have literally 10 million active subscribers to world of warcraft uh there is no way that they're going to have a way to individually vet every single player to say are you ready to heal this dungeon on your shaman are you ready to tank this dungeon on your warrior for each individual player so they have to make some sort of automated system yeah and, and for uh, me you know even though i complain about it a little bit it's not that huge of a deal i just kind of slow down my rotation right so it's not not that big because right now we're, we're still kind of pouncing through them now, speaking of pouncing through stuff, what about the actual dungeon difficulty? How how have they, you know, changed their stance on that over the years? Okay. Uh, again, I'm going to focus mostly on heroics, which means vanilla doesn't really come into the conversation a whole lot. Uh, because normal five-man starting in BC were always supposed to be the easier content that most people could complete. So uh, they never really changed their stance on what, who, who this content is for, what kind of gear it drops, etc., Hmm. Heroics has had a cycle. Starting with Burning Crusade, Heroics were crazy hard, especially a couple of them were ridiculously hard. Ones that jump into my, jump to mind are the last set of trash out of Shattered Halls or Murmur in Shadow Labs. Uh, these dungeons were crazy. Uh, they were crazy hard, required good execution, sometimes required specific classes in order to be completed. Like I remember back in uh, back when I was playing uh, I would when I was on my warrior, it was DPS and hope you get a spot or you're out of luck because everybody wanted a paladin tank and mostly range DPS. So I was had a hard time finding groups. Uh, sometimes I would make my own group. Sometimes I get lucky and have friends that bring me, but I couldn't just go, hey, I'm a pally tank. Everybody wants me. <laughs> no, I wasn't lucky like that. After that, they realized that uh, five-man heroics were very exclusive, and so they wanted to make it more accessible and in order to let people get entry into raiding uh, because while they liked the idea of having hard top five-man content, they also wanted a way for people to get gear for raiding, and they wanted everybody to at least take a look at the starter raids, i.e. Karazhan, which was easier than the hard five-man heroics, which was kind of crazy back then. So they made five-man heroics a good bit easier. 
back at the beginning of Wrath, fighting heroics weren't crazy easy, but you could do them. You didn't need uh, specific class combinations, and you could complete them. The only thing I ever had issue with, personally, was Loken in Heroic Halls of Lightning. Do you guys remember him? Did you do that at launch? Not at launch, no. A lot okay. later, though. Um, he had heavy movement requirements, much higher than most five-man bosses before him. There was a whole lot of run in and hug him. Now run away. Now hug him. Now run away. Hug him. Run away. And uh, if you didn't do it right, you exploded. Hmm. And he was actually pretty hard execution-wise. Number-wise, he wasn't that hard. Once you had some raiding gear, you could explode him. But when you were first doing it in questing and maybe a little bit of rep gear or maybe a heroic piece or two, he was pretty hard. How this changed is with the introduction of heroic raiding system starting in Old War is uh, this caused a massive uptick in eye level inflation, much more than those seen before than than that was seen before them. So what ended up happening as the expansion went on, heroics became easier and easier effectively, not because they really changed anything. They changed Oculus a good bit, but every other heroic, they didn't really change, but it just went from I'm barely pulling enough heals or damage to be able to kill this thing on time to I swing once and everything dies. Oh, I guess I won. <laughs> and because of how the incentive system worked for uh, the top end, uh, what were they called? Emblems, right? Yeah, emblems, uh, which were the currency for Ryan gear. Uh, people still want top end geared people still wanted to run heroics every day in order to get their emblems. Even during ICC. So... Uh, you had these people who were decked out full raiding gear who would show up in a dungeon and go, no, 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 guys, you guys are irrelevant. You don't matter. I'm going to solo this place and you guys can come along and take any loot you want. OK, let's go. And then they would just wreck it. I remember specifically how it was a lot of fun where I would queue as a tank to get an instant queue and I would show up and I would be like, hmm, I'm going to start, you know, st I'm going to stop wearing my tanking gear. I'm going to start putting on more and more DPS gear because the raw flat armor value, the raw stamina is enough to let me survive. And the more DPS stats I have on it, the faster I kill things. So, yeah, I'm a tank with a shield and DPS gear. Let's go. And that was a really cool feeling because that was so weird. But regardless, uh, the idea was is the heroics especially became very easy at the end of Wrath. Crazy, crazy easy. It was pull rooms, AOE it all down, advance. There was one notable exception. Uh, Halls of Reflection was decently hard. And oh. that was an outlier, and people actively dropped that because this is a random group. People could suck in here. I don't want to deal with a headache. I'm, I'm skipping out on this. I'm wiping in those a lot. Yeah. All three of them. I, the first two weren't too bad. They, they were wipes, absolutely. But Hull's Reflection was just so much worse than the other two. With the chase? The chase was bad enough, but it was also the mobs that you had to line of sight. And if someone didn't line of sight in the first room, then it would go om nom nom healer, and the healer would die, and then everyone would die. It was great. Right, right. It was wonderful. So in response to the fact that a lot of people found dungeons way too easy at the end of the wrath, they went, Kata, we're going to make heroics hard again. We want challenging five-man content. And we're going to do challenging raids right out the gate because while we want people to eventually see the raids, eh, if they're not good, they don't get to see it right away. So they made five-mans pretty hard. Some of them weren't crazy hard, like Vortex Pinnacle. They actually ended up buffing Vortex Pinnacle a bit because it was too easy at the beginning. But stuff like Grimba Toll, have fun. Uh, that place, especially with a random group, was crazy hard at launch. And, uh, and since this was the progression to raiding, they ended up nerfing it slightly to make it easier. And then they talked about after the fact how 
in a queuing system, creating a place where CC is required and communication is required does not work with a queuing system where anybody can queue in. It just doesn't. Yeah, because uh, uh, there's always a person who just doesn't seem to be speaking English, or if you're not getting the class balance just right, you might not have anybody who can CC. Yeah, like, oh, look, you have DPS Warriors and DPS Death Knight. Guess who doesn't have CC? Right. Um, and actually, what was funny is this one, I kind of understand why they did it. Uh, with the first set of extra dungeons that they released in Kata, they doubled down and made it even harder. Zolgarub is probably one of the hardest five mains I've ever encountered, but it was not on the raid progression path. For people that were actively trying to raid progress, all the dungeon gear that they needed, they got primarily out of the original five mains. And th when Zolgarub was re released, its gear was only a little bit better than the five main dungeons, and there was no new raid. So it really wasn't on the gear progression anymore. It had vanity rewards. And it was kind of a challenge. And I honestly, especially how it was constructed, I really enjoyed Zilgarup. But it, it was definitely one of the hardest five mains I've ever had. After that, they realized, hmm, this is getting too hard. It's driving people away because the, the people who aren't very skilled can't do it. And they're getting frustrated and going, no, we don't want to do this. So they went started heading back towards easier dungeons with the uh, Hour of Twilight dungeons. Those, while higher eye level and higher stat requirements than the original five mans, honestly were mechanically easier and ended up blowing through. I, on one of my bad characters, my healer shaman, I was able to complete those for gear, and I was pretty bad. Uh, and we didn't wipe because even though I was a pretty bad healer, I was good enough. Uh, in MOP, they kept going this train and kept, the pendulum kept swinging towards easier, and MOP launched heroics. Uh, we're not, we're a little tiny bit difficult when you showed up in questing, uh, stuff. And then by the time you were dungeon done, uh, hopefully heroic geared, you could start blowing them up. And then, uh, by the time you started getting raid gear, it just got sillier and sillier and sillier. It got to the point where my brother, uh, Gallist, Paladin, Rhett would queue as tank in Rhett spec. He would throw on his threat aura in ret spec and go, I'm going to solo this as a DPS, sir. You guys can come <laughs> along for fun. Nice. And he would be like, what would actively happen is like, he told me one time of, um, uh, temple of Jade serpent. Uh, you know, the, uh, how you go down the water hallway towards the first boss on the left. Yep. He said he was almost to the boss by the time the healer and the tank finally zoned in. He's like, <laughs> oh, hi there guys. You want to catch up? Nice. Yeah. Blowing crap up. By the end, people would regularly get locked out of certain fights. Because the people behind. loaded faster and were good at it would just fly through it. And then, yeah, and they weren't even hurting. They could just, you know, do the boss of two or three people. No biggie. Yeah. Yeah. Don't even care. Uh, now, to compensate for the fact that they made heroics easier, this is the first aspect that they introduced challenge modes going. We like the idea of hard content. We like the idea of gearing for raids and five bands. These don't go well together. So let's split them in two. So they made five mans uh, that were challenging challenge modes. They gave no gear progression towards uh, raiding and only gave cosmetic reward. Challenge modes were also good for bragging rights. Uh, while the heroic five mans, while being easy, were only really good for earning valor, your daily valor, and getting towards gearing for the introductory raids. And that's how they kept the whole expat. 
people eventually got to the point where they started complaining about five mains like, yes, we don't want the we, we like the idea that challenge ones are the hard content, but the heroics are too easy. So where they have ended up going in the current expect wad is they've made dungeons a decent amount harder, but not crazy harder. Um, their aim was the easiest dungeon in Kata, the easiest heroic vortex pinnacle. Uh, which put it significantly harder than Mop, but not as hard as the crazy hard dungeons. And they also put the gating system, as we previously talked about, to keep out the people who really can't execute at all. So that while the content's a little bit harder, you're put up with people who are, in theory, able to deal with this kind of content. Uh, and it's also not crazy hard. So while it's a little bit harder, you're able to actually have fun with it and make progression in it and actually complete heroics with random people and feel somewhat accomplished because mechanics weren't pushover steamroll. Well, and a big difference too is that in uh, Mob, you got Valor points for doing heroics. So if you want to get yes. Valor capped every week and you know be able to use that on upgrades or buying new gear, you did heroics. You had a reason to. And now you're just getting gold and you know some one-time quests that will give you toys and things like that, pets. Like there's... I don't feel like there's going to be the same amount of silliness at the end of the expansion because the people who are all decked out in gear don't have a real reason to go back and do heroics. Yeah, there's really no incentive. The only thing you get out of it is the only guaranteed things that you get out of queuing for randoms is gold, uh, a little bit of gear that's low eye level and garrison resources, which all three of these things are not important for progression at all. all. So people will have no reason to keep going. Yeah, the only thing that even somewhat incentivizes people to keep going are the, um, what are they called? The Satchels of Mystery. But that's only for certain roles at certain times when certain roles are needed in the queue. So it's not a consistent thing. It's sporadic. And even then, those you, are those are still kind of like vanity items, right? They're not... They're cosmetic. They're, yeah. they're sometimes rare drop cosmetic items and therefore has value there. Right. But it's not progression right. at all. So overall... I like where they've ended up now. I thought it was kind of silly how many times they had to go between easy and hard, easy and hard to figure out where they wanted to go with dungeons. I thought it took them a little bit, a blizzard, a little while, a little longer than I would have expected to figure out that it, uh, gearing for raiding and difficult five, really difficult five mains don't go well together. So That's they true. just finally, with mops, split them in two. Uh, so I thought that was silly, but I do like overall where dungeon difficulty is at right now. I like how it's medium difficulty for heroics, not crazy hard, not crazy easy. And I uh, I personally haven't done much challenge months yet, but I like the idea that there is top-end five-man content that will give me vanity rewards, and some of them I do want, so I will be doing them. Uh, but uh, there's I think that they have goofed up this time again on uh, incentive to keep going to heroics. I don't feel that there's any compelling reason to just keep going. So on that, I think they still haven't figured out what's a good consistent reward to give from random dungeons. All right, so we've looked at dungeons, we looked at dailies, we looked at ex- exploration, and we have looked at flying. And yes. I think that overall, we find this swinging design philosophy a little dizzying. With the amount of collected data over the years, it seems Blizzard should be able to settle on a midway point to appease all players. And while we do understand the need to make these changes kind of wish the blizzard would just settle on something and, you know, stick with it. 
Well, Dad, thanks for coming on the show and uh, really hashing out this way that that Blizzard just swings back and forth between uh, their design modules. And so I think what we're saying is that it is good that some things are difficult for people to do, but it is also uh, refreshing that Blizzard has made other things accessible for uh, the general population. Yes, it is. Well, tell people how they can get a hold of you on the interwebs and anywhere else. Sure. Uh, no, no, you're not getting my address. No. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, on the interweb tubes, uh, I am on the Twitters. I am Kerboden. And you can access me also directly in WoW if you ever want to. I'm on the Tanaris server, Tanaris server, NA Realms. I am Horde. I am D E D G U Y, dead guy. And uh, I'm on quite a bit, and I respond to mail, and I talk to anyone who wants to talk to me. So, yeah, you can always just get a hold of me there if you want to. Awesome. Thank you so much, sir. Sure thing. And we look forward to having you on the next time. We're not all perfect. Slash facepalm. So, Freck, you know how I have been kind of tracking, not necessarily camping, but tracking the Warbringers. Pretty simple to do now that we're level 100 and we're kind of, we outgear them. Right before, or right at the end of MOP, I could almost solo them. I could get them down, but I was, just, you know, I was like having to pop a, a stone or some something to keep myself alive. Now it's raffle stomp time. I didn't get any mounts from them back in MOP, so there's still mounts that I want to get. And like I told you at the top of the show, I've already gotten one. I got the Jade one. So I think there's like three more I can get. So I'm still checking them out. It's not hard to get to. So the other day, I had gotten into the game, gone over, you know, you poured into Pandaria, and you fly, what is it, like northeast, and you end up checking the one and it wasn't there. So I went back to Jade Forest. Parked my tune. Something came up. I had to leave, so I just exited the game. I come back on days later. This happened over the weekend. Log back into the game, and as I'm logging in, I see the Mist of Pandaria loading screen. I'm like, Mist of Pandaria loading screen? What's? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I kind of remember that. I left myself off in Jade Forest. Oh, okay. So I kind of knew, you know, okay, put my hands on the keyboard, ready to go. I spawn in, or whatever you want to call it, standing right in front of me, is a Warbringer. Uh, I immediately target and I hit five on my, my uh, gamepad, which is my conflagrate spell, which is an instant spell. It's boom. You, you hit it, you do it. So I do that. My Voidwalker's going in. The guy's turning to me. His name plate's red. I got the tag. I'm super excited. I'm like, okay, cool. Out of nowhere, three horde run by me from behind to forward, you know, like in front of me. I'm like, whoa, whoa what's going on? Hey, hey. Scared me. They go in, they're all, you know, melee DPS, maybe a tank in there. I was just, they down this thing pretty quick. There's three of them. And as they're hitting a guy, I'm looking up and I was like, well, my nameplate's still red. I said, did, did they change these things to world tag? What's, everybody gets a chance now? What's going on? They kill it. It's sparkling. I'm like, well, that's my loot. So I walk over to it. I loot it. I got some uh, some of the reputation bonuses that they drop and a big bag of Zandalari goods. No mount. These three horde start yelling at me. What? 
cussing, calling me a kill stealer, this, that, and the other. And I'm thinking, how rude. It's very rude. But then I think, my turn. And I'm not going to cuss anybody out because I think that's, you know, I'm not going to stoop to that level. Yeah. So I pull up my mount interface and I link my jade primordial dragon guy, whatever (laughs) his name, Direhorn. I'm like, ooh, it dropped. And then I proceed to mount it. And now I'm on him. And I start riding around in circles around him. And I'm like, woohoo, woohoo. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so excited. Just rub salt the wound. I did. And yeah. then one of the macros I had was my, my mount special. So I did my mount special. And then I did uh. slow walk. I was, I rubbed it in. <laughs> they were yelling at me and cussing me. And one person's like, I'm going to report you. I'm like, for what? I got the tag. Yeah. Always, always, always important to have an instant spell easily accessible. You don't have to look for it. You hit it. You get the tag. You're good to go. And equally as important is not to make fun of anybody who might have done that to you intentionally or not. I honestly didn't see them. They were behind me. They were out of my camera view. I spawn in, and and there he is. Boom, it's mine. So (laughs) you got to go there and check those guys out, Freck. I can't remember last time I've back, been back to Pandaria. Well, let's schedule it. Okay. And we'll go back. I'll show you. If you, I don't know if you remember the pattern or where they're at, but I can show you all that. Okay. And, uh, you know, we can group up. And if it drops, fantastic. It drops. You'll, you know, we'll roll on them out. Sounds good. Now we are looking for our next contestant for HearthCast AOE. It is our WoW trivia game that we play here on HearthCast. And it is the only trivia game where you don't have to be right to win. Not exactly right. You just have to be more right than the other person. Yeah, it helps if you're exactly right. Sure. If you're exactly right and fast, then yeah, you got to (laughs) get But we are here in the studios on Mondays between about 6 and 9 p.m. That's Eastern Time Zone. So if that is a good time for you, then just send us an email at podcast at hearthcast.com to schedule it. Now, just for playing, we give out a year subscription to Curse Premium that helps you keep all your add-ons automatically updated. Helps you be on the ball. You can synchronize your add-ons between computers, which is what I do. Yeah, so if you ever lose your computer, you know, your hard drive crashes. You've got kind of a backup. Yeah. But a lot of people, like I play on my laptop from time to time. It's not as powerful as my desktop, so I just kind of do small things like my garrison or whatnot. But... My add-ons are synchronized between the two of them. My settings, everything gets ported over. So it's very, very cool. That way, if I make a change, like if I delete an add-on or add an add-on while I'm at work or at home, my add-ons synchronize between those two computers. And it's very cool. And like Freck said, you can always, if you get a new computer, you can just, you know, put in Curse and all your add-ons come back in. Now, that is just for playing. If you win against either me or Root, we'll actually give you a six-month subscription to Loot Crate, which is that cool little box that comes in the mail once a month with all sorts of nerdy goodies. It's always a surprise. It's always cool stuff. It's always themed. And they've done everything from, you know, Doctor Who to retro gaming. Yeah, they did MMORPGs once. And it had there was a cool article about World of Warcraft in there, and there were some yeah. other little you know cool things, uh, creatures and uh, some Lego guys in there. Yeah, they've done Game of Thrones, done a lot of cool stuff. I mean, it's cool very nerdy stuff. We we decorate our studio with it because we love all that tchotchke stuff. 
Now, if you want to check out Loot Crate, like we said before, just head to lootcrate.com slash hearthcast, and you can see everything that they've got. You can sign up. You can use the code hearthcast for three bucks off your initial uh, subscription. Or, like Frex alluded to, you want to play a game AOE and take one of us on and win, you'd win your own little six-month subscription to Loot Crate. And you would be the envy of all your office mates. That brings us to the end of HearthCast episode number 257. We thank you guys so much for being part of our lives and part of our show. Big thanks to all of our followers on Twitter, all of our friends on Facebook. I posted something out on Twitter uh, just uh, the other night with my my dog singing Gwen Stefani. Yeah, I saw that video. It was weird. Apparently, a lot of dogs sing that song. I did not know this. That one in particular? That one in particular. I didn't know this until I posted it out to, or my son actually posted it out to YouTube. He puts on on YouTube, you go there and all the related videos are all dogs singing that same song. Now, I know exactly why they do it. Why do they do it? Because the the singing in that song, the the little part, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, that sounds just like uh, fire truck ambulance. Ah. And so dogs, that, that sound pitch and range bothers dogs or gets them excited or whatever it is. So I mean, we put on other songs, but dog doesn't sing to that song. You put on that song, my dog howls. Didn't even know my dog howled. Had no idea. <laughs> I'm working in a house, we're putting down baseboards that had some music on just to get you know keep the mood lively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gwen Stefani song comes on, my dog howls singing in unison. I'm, we just blew us away. <laughs> we're like, what is going on? <laughs> Dog's like, we're like, wait a minute. <laughs> and then me, you know, totally forgetful me. I don't know the name of that song or anything else. I'm trying to recount the story to my wife, and I'm like, yeah, the dog was howling. She goes, our dog doesn't howl. I'm like, no, 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 he was howling to the song. Trust me on this one. So we get home, and I'm like trying to find the name of the song. I'm, ta- I'm quizzing my kids. I'm like, what was the name of that song? I'm Googling it, and I finally find it. I'm like, now, honey, this is a song, and I'm playing it on YouTube on my phone. I start to play it. My dog starts singing along. <laughs> I'm thinking it's a one-time fluke. No, right, no, no, no. We, we stop it, play another song. Dog looks at me like I'm crazy, like, what's up? You know, yeah. I put that one back out. He sings along. <laughs> <laughs> what is this all about? Apparently, it's a dog thing. So here we were thinking our dog is special. No. Nah. No. Nah. Nah. No. He's just a dog <laughs> that likes that song, which apparently if you're part of that dog club, you like that song. Kind of like think you're special for liking pizza. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah like, you know, well, my dog or me? Do you like sandwiches? <laughs> <laughs> I, like I like sandwiches. <laughs> that actually happened, folks. <laughs> one of my previous jobs where a guy <laughs> we open up the fridge and one of the guy pulls out a sub from Subway. And the guy <laughs> this guy goes, You like subs? I like subs. <laughs> I'm just like, what? <laughs> so all right, here's the thing. The pizza crust. When you're done eating a pizza, like you got a slice of pizza, it's a triangle, mm-hmm. right? You're doing you, you you if you're eating it small part of the triangle to the larger part of the triangle, sure. right? If you're eating in that direction and you have that roll of crust left. Right. What do you call that? The pizza crust? Okay, you just call it the pizza crust. Sure. All right. You ever owned a dog? Uh yes. Okay, you still call it pizza crust? We Maybe. call it pizza bone. Oh. And so we're like, get the pizza bone. And the dog, you know, goes crazy. Yeah, the pizza bone. Yeah, the pizza yeah, bone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. But he's not special. No. <laughs> All dogs love pizza bones. 
Yeah. yeah. Pizza buns and Gwen Stefani. It's <laughs> apparently a thing. L- little did we know. A little disappointed. Eh. Not really. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you hadn't checked that out, uh, just hit my Twitter feed and you'll see the link to that video. I posted it sometime on um, Monday night. That would be Monday the uh, 16th if you want to go check that out. It is, you know, it is kind of funny, even though it's not original or unique, but it's funny. Again, we do want to thank all of you guys for being part of our lives, being part of our show, and we want to thank you all for listening to episode number 257 of HearthCast. We'd love to hear your comments, questions, or any other feedback. Our email is podcast at hearthcast.com. You can find us on Twitter at HearthCastBreck and at HearthCastRoot, or just head on over to our HearthCast Facebook page. Visit our website, HearthCast.com, for podcast archives, show information, and more. Until next time, this has been Root and Freckleface.